0: Thursday, November the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, protests in Sudan and military exercises in Estonia. First the world in brief. Thousands of people took to the streets of Khartoum, the capital of Sudan, to protest against the military government that seized power on October 25th. Security forces fired tear gas and live rounds, killing at least 15 and wounded dozens more, according to medics. Protesters are demanding the release of Abdullah Hamdog, the Prime Minister who was ousted in the coup and placed under house arrest, and a return to civilian rule. Estonia said it will deploy 1,700 reserve soldiers in a snap military exercise along its border with Russia. The exercise will include the construction of a new 40-kilometer barrier, as the migration crisis in nearby Belarus intensifies. Some governments have accused Russia, a close ally of Belarus, of orchestrating the crisis, which the Kremlin denies. The Women's Tennis Association expressed alarm over the plight of Peng Shui, a Chinese tennis player who accused one of China's most senior officials of sexual assault and then went missing in early November. On Wednesday, Chinese state media published an email purportedly from Miss Peng, rescinding her allegation. Steve Simon, the WTA's chairman, said he had quote, a hard time believing that she wrote the email. Amazon warned it will stop accepting payment by Visa credit cards issued in Britain from January 19th and may also drop Visa as a partner on its co-branded American credit card. The online retail behemoth said that Visa's transaction fees are too high and hinder businesses, quote, striving to provide the best prices for customers. Visa, in turn, accused Amazon of restricting consumer choice. The rate of fatal drug overdoses in America surpassed 100,000 a year sometime in April, nearly 30% more than in the previous year. The majority of those deaths were caused by synthetic opioids, such as fentanyl, drugs so potent that their dosage is often misjudged. Job losses and social isolation during the pandemic exacerbated another already raging public health crisis. About 10,000 workers voted to approve a new six-year contract with John Deere, an American tractor maker, ending an industrial action that lasted more than five weeks. The new bargain includes an immediate 10% raise and, crucially, cost-of-living adjustments of a kind that employers have come to eschew. But the terms were not much altered during the actual strike. Apple said it will make it easier for consumers to fix their own devices by selling spare parts for selected products through a self-service repair program. The tech giant has long faced pressure to do so from customers and regulators in America and Europe. The parts are due to begin shipping early next year, starting in America. And fact of the day, $60 billion, the net worth of Mackenzie Scott, who is revolutionising the world of philanthropy. And now, here's today's agenda. Trilateral tete-a-tete. North American Relations. Joe Biden and his Mexican and Canadian counterparts, Andres Manuel López Obrado and Justin Trudeau, will meet at the White House on Thursday, It is their first in-person get-together since 2016 and the three leaders will have plenty to talk about. Two subjects will be particularly torturous, migration and economic relations. America and Mexico are struggling with a crisis on their shared border. Thousands of Central Americans, among others, have gathered there after fleeing their own countries. Facing a domestic backlash, America is turning away more migrants, putting Mexico under pressure. Economic integration is the other hot topic. USMCA, the trade deal that came into force last year to replace the much maligned NAFTA and America's push to bring supply chains closer to home should be a boon for the region, especially Mexico. But USMCA has stringent rules about labor and supply chain distribution. And crucially... Mr. Lopez Obrado's statist policies are deterring businesses from investing. Here we go again. COVID-19 in Germany. COVID numbers at record levels, intensive care units filling up, Christmas markets cancelled. November 2021 in Germany is acquiring a depressing resemblance to November 2020. On Thursday, federal and state leaders will meet to discuss a response and the Bundestag, the federal parliament, will debate legislative changes. Further restrictions on the unvaccinated, tighter rules in the workplace and, in time, compulsory vaccinations for some jobs are likely. What explains the harrowing new numbers? Parts of Germany have among the lowest vaccination rates to be found in Western European countries but waning vaccine efficacy and a sluggish rollout of booster jabs may bear more of the blame. An absence of political leadership, three parties are negotiating a coalition government following an election in September does not help. Germany's COVID-19 situation, however, is less grave than some of its European partners. With three times Germany's caseload per person, neighbouring Austria has imposed a lockdown on the unvaccinated. That is cold comfort for a country facing another grim winter. Beyond Babysitting Childcare in America The pandemic spanked America's childcare industry. Last year, revenues in the formal part of the sector dropped by 12% from 2019 to $42.2 billion. Demand evaporated as kids stayed home. So did supply. Centres closed because of high COVID safety costs and staff shortages. Kindercare, the largest provider, which goes public in New York on Thursday at a valuation near $3 billion, saw occupancy at its centres fall to 47% last year. Childcare for under fives was in bad shape even before covid Young children need extra supervision, so child-to-staff ratios must be low. Most working families that use childcare centres pay more than 7% of their income in fees. Subsidies are minimal, limiting access for poor children. Joe Biden wants to change that. His social spending bill, which should come up for a vote in Congress in the coming weeks, would guarantee pre-kindergarten schooling for all 3- and 4-year-olds and would subsidise care substantially. A coherent childcare system requires careful thought to get right. But it would be good for children, and for gender equality too. Help Wanted Quitting Cigarettes This week, the World Health Organisation published its latest data on smoking, It estimates that tobacco causes 8 million premature deaths a year, more than twice the official number of deaths from COVID in 2020, though that number is probably higher. This year, the WHO promoted measures to help the world's 1.3 billion smokers to quit. Only 4% of cold turkey attempts to ditch cigarettes are successful. A doctor's advice, helplines, apps and medications such as nicotine patches can double the success rate. In countries that provide such help, like Britain, the health benefits are substantial over time. Nearly two-thirds of Brits who have ever smoked say they have quit. Missing from the WHO's recommendations are e-cigarettes, on the grounds that they are addictive and contain some harmful ingredients, though far fewer than combustible cigarettes. But many countries view e-cigarettes as useful aids to stop smoking. England's National Health Service may soon become the first to prescribe them to smokers free of charge. Craven Image A Mladic Mural in Serbia In Belgrade, Serbia's capital, hooded young men with dogs stand guard before a mural of General Ratko Mladic. The painting is a source of pride for Mr Mladic's defenders, and horror for those who loathe what he fought for. For Mr. Mladic, the Bosnian Serb military commander during the Bosnian War of 1992-1995 is a war criminal. He was convicted by a UN tribunal of genocide over the slaughter of 8,000 Bosniak, Bosnian Muslim men and boys in Srebrenica in 1995. Murals of Mr. Mladic are common across Serbia and Serb parts of Bosnia and are rarely taken down. This one has become a flashpoint and has been defaced and restored several times. This week it expanded to include the Serbian wartime commander executed for treason and war crimes in 1946. The organisations demanding its removal had their office vandalised the Serbian authorities stopped a protest after municipal companies failed to remove the mural, supposedly for security reasons. Those who want the mural scrubbed say Mr. Miladic's admirers have moved from denying the genocide in Srebrenica to glorifying it. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sojourner Truth. If it is not a fit place for women, it is unfit for men to be there. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.